Hello and welcome to the Legacy Boss Podcast. This is your host, Shauna Klein. I am a mom of two, a wife, coach, mindset mentor, and product business strategist. I am so thankful you're here and we're on a mission to help product-based business owners start, grow, and scale their businesses all while living their very best life and leave a legacy both now and in the future. Each week we dig into business strategy, mindset alignment, and talk to guests who encourage and inspire. Over at The Legacy Boss, we pursue our lives with focus and passion. My co-host Marcy and I believe you are your biggest strength and equipped with the right tools can soar and live the life you have always dreamed of. So let's get started. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Legacy Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Klein. Hope you guys are doing well. Hey, we're going to jump right in today to a topic I've been hearing a lot of buzz about, and a lot of people are wondering, what can I do to get ahead in this sales product-based race? So one of the things that they think that they can do by jumping that line is to create a luxury brand. And I hear so much buzz around, what do I need to do to create a luxury brand for my business? And I'm going to break down a few things today that kind of go against the grain uh, of what some people are are telling other people about creating a luxury brand. And I think there's some misnomers about what it actually is to create a luxury brand and then how to build that luxury brand. So let's get started. So today we're talking about all things luxury and what is it that makes a business or a product-based business have a luxury brand. So let's break down really quick, first of all, what a luxury brand is. A luxury brand is a perceived idea of something that is of great value for consumer. So in that, we're thinking of a first comes to mind like Gucci or um, coach bags or, um, you know, Tiffany's. A lot of these people have spent time creating this branding to go around their products. Um, That was done uh, early on in diamonds. So if you go back and do some research with uh, in regards to wedding rings, Diamonds were never viewed as luxury brand. Actually, most people were looking for pearls or other rare gemstones. But there was a campaign that happened in the 1900s um, by the De Beers Diamond Company that really went after the consumer. They helped had Marilyn Monroe and some other people really like diamonds are a girl's best friend. Everyone has to have a diamond. Before that, diamonds were not even something that men you know, flocked to a uh, a jewelry store to buy for their soon to become fiance or wife, and so we understand that the branding behind um, a particular uh, product is as much about the perception as the actual product. So, one of the things that a lot of people believe is that the a having a high end luxury item that is expensive has to have a lot of um, backing in it. 
And this is where the opinions of what a high-end luxury brand is, as opposed to a good solid brand, this is where I peel off and have uh, some disagreements. And let me share why. Several, several years ago, there was, I worked for a company and uh, they decided to give all of their account execs a beautiful, fun Tiffany gift. And you guys, it came in the mail. It was wrapped in the blue box. It had all of the, you know, the the wrappings of elegance. I mean, who sends their employees Tiffany boxes with something fun inside? So we were all excited when they showed up at our homes and we opened the box. And inside, um, the company had worked with Tiffany to curate a very beautiful uh Sterling silver keychain, I believe is what it was. And it had something written on it, engraved in it. And I will be really, really honest with you. I was so wowed at the blue box and the wrappings of what was, I'm sure, the luxury item. And when I opened the box, it was a beautiful keychain. And I'm sure that it was very high quality. The workmanship that went into it was very, very, um, you know, on par with making sure that they had all of the, the, the polishing done and the cutting was done and the engraving was done perfectly. But to me, the item inside wasn't any different than what I had seen at other stores in a sterling silver small shop that put the same amount of time, energy, um, you know, they had created this wonderful uh, example of something that was handmade. The difference was the perceived value of the item. And when I say perceived value, it was the experience of getting the blue box that they had talked about on movies and that you know, you see in ads. And if you go to New York, you can go to the Tiffany store. All of those perceived value things were amazing, but it was the touches of the item that made it incredible. And so one of the things I want to talk about today is a luxury brand can have the same exact things that other people are using and most times do. For instance, Tiffany's actually sells a paper clip, one silver plated and one's gold plated. Um, and they they start at like a thousand dollars. Now, there's no difference in the size of the paper clip. There's no function outside of that paper clip that's different than the function of a normal stainless steel paper clip. But the perceived value that it's better causes people to invest in per- purchasing this for someone else when the actual paper clip will, especially if it was sterling, would get mixed up with some of the other paper clips that people use. But the perceived value is going to keep that person keeping it in a different place um, and making sure that it is staying out of the box of the rest of the paper clips. Because the perceived value is so much greater than the functionality of that. 
And so one of the things that we need to do, we need to understand that most of the the brands that we see, Nike and Adidas and all these things, they're made in the same factories that make other brand shoes. And they put a different logo on them. There's not materials that are better than everything else. There's not necessarily um, those things that no other brand has access to. They're just have spent time with the branding and the customer service and the loyalty following is what makes it a perceived luxury brand. So a lot of times what you'll find in product-based type of of consumer products is that there's no better um, or, and, and I, I don't want to say this because I don't want to split hairs on this, but there are better quality products. We're not talking about a product that is made cheaply, that is not made to satisfactory of a consumer, that is just put out there and mass produced and we don't care what it looks like. There's a different difference between that. But I'm talking about a, a product that is created or manufactured from a reputable manufacturer or created by a reputable maker. These things are aren't so different than some of the luxury items that are sold today. And so when people are asking, what makes me different? Like, how can I get to that higher price point to sell my product at a higher price point without breaking the bank and having to spend so much more money on manufacturing or so much? What's the difference? I dare say, that what makes a product luxury? Yes, you can do quality packaging. You can have quality products. But a lot of people come and say, well, I'm confused because I'm using the same types of jars for that candle and the same kind of wax and the same kind of wicks that they are using. What makes theirs so much better than what I'm doing? Like what makes them luxury? And again, it goes back to the perception of the person purchasing it. So one of the things that I believe that you can do that is pivotal in learning how to create a luxury brand is the difference is the way that you make someone feel. And the number one way that you can do that is customer service. You know, when when someone gets a hold of a product, if they have the person that backs that brand, and they have that person taking care of them and, uh, you know, they're they're making sure that they feel good and they feel quality is in the product. But then they're also making sure that there's something that goes just an extra um, little bit more than everyone else. That person is going to feel that that product is quality. Um, Eddie Bauer did this years ago where they basically said, hey, listen, if you buy one of our jackets or one of our backpacks, and for any reason, it deteriorates. Say that you have a backpack and one of the straps breaks, and or you have a, a, a really expensive jacket and the zipper breaks. Bring it to back to us. No questions asked. We'll replace it. And people are like, that is crazy. Why would anyone do that? Why would anyone waste the money that it would cost because people are so going to take advantage of that, right? They're so going to take advantage of, of that and, and the perception. And uh, I think that something happened with my a backpack my husband had that he was using for work. And 
something happened where there was a tear in it or on the zipper or one of the straps broke. And we took it back to them and they gave us a brand new one. I think there was a similar model. And there was something about that that you're like, wow, that's really amazing that they believe in their product so much that they're like, hey, if if something's wrong with it and it and there's a flaw that that we can perceive that um, shouldn't have affect you as a consumer, we're going to replace it. Now, yes, there was some cost in in doing that, but I bet you most of the time, number one, people did not bring back products. They weren't lines out the door, people bringing products because they had a a good quality product to start with. The second thing is, is that most people that bought a product that did bring it in, they were bringing them back to the store. We bought stuff. I know we bought extra stuff that we weren't even planning on buying because, you know, we had kids with us and they were like, oh, that's a cute beanie or, oh, look at that shirt. And so we ended up buying more. So basically what you're doing is you are creating... And you're also um, just reaffirming your place in this consumer's mindset of being that brand that you will spend time buying again. So their bet was that, hey, if we do this once in a while for somebody, that person is going to come back and they're going to buy it because their perceived value of what we place on them is higher. Now, I know we're in a world where people take advantage of, of people and they, they, they do things that are, are wrong, but we're going to spend marketing dollars anyway. We're going to spend time and energy anyway trying to get return uh, new customers. It's cheaper to keep a customer than it is to go out and buy one or buy one literally with ads or marketing or, you know, trying to spend all of our time on social media or doing TikToks or whatever those things look like. So keeping a customer is less expensive than trying to acquire new customers. So I really believe the luxury part of the brand that we can absolutely work on building into our brands as they grow is to spend the time and the resources on that customer that is in front of you. Because as we all know, most of the time customers don't give reviews if they're completely happy. But you have one bad customer that is really ticked off at you and he'll tell 10 other people. So spending time in this space of making sure you have a good quality product Make sure that you're pack. You're not just throwing things into a box, or you know, if you're at an event or you're in a, a storefront, that you're not just throwing it in a bag. You're making that customer feel like you took the extra step to make sure that they were seen and important. And then you follow up. The follow up is where people lose so much of their business because they don't do the work on the back end. And like I said, it's much easier to keep a customer. And then finding out how they can best serve that customer. Asking them, what what uh, what are you looking for? How can we make your experience better next time? You know, everyone's so afraid that if they throw out those questions that they're going to get some negative feedback and it's going to feel like failure. But really, that is what keeps us on the edge and it keeps us better. I said this quote to someone last week that was really struggling. And I said, listen, when we stop making mistakes, we stop growing. 
So don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to push past barriers of you think. And listen, if you don't have the money to put all in for expensive packaging and expensive boxes that are custom-like, all that kind of stuff, then start small with what you can do. Do you have a handwritten note in every order? Are you uh, leading people back to different things? Are you emailing them a follow-up? What are you spending your time doing? Because that little blue box did not become luxury overnight. That little blue box became luxury because when you went in there to purchase and they stuck it in that little blue box, they spent their whole time focused on what you needed and how best to display that for their consumer and their customer. Hope you have found tons of value in this episode. Hey, do me a favor, um, jump on over to legacy-boss.com, interact with us there as well as Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to hear what you're doing with your business to help move it forward. And we will see you back next time. Bye, friends. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Roadmap to Success. I'm so glad you're here. We are going to jump right in and talk about ways to build trust, grow your business, and help you get to the place you've always wanted to. So let's get started.